All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast, episode 310, June 15th. Um, excited for this one. My good friend Hannah Morris is joining here. She runs her own consulting business, Hannah Morris Consulting, um, helping creative female founders uh, with their sales and, and business practices. Before that, uh, she was in sales and sales leadership uh, at a number of different companies, including Vibe Tickets, including Eventbrite, and a few others um, out in London. We've actually met through uh, some side projects that we're working on, hit it off, and was like, man, I got to have you on the podcast. So here we are. And um, we talk about you know, with like I do with a lot of folks, the early days of, of her sales career and her growth and things like that. But we also get into some some headier topics around limiting beliefs and how do you push yourself to the next level and shoot for your dreams and talk about one of my favorite and, and I guess both of our favorite uh, entrepreneurs, Sarah Blakely, who founded Spanx. Uh, so we have a little bit of a love session about her, about Tony Robbins. So we really hit it off on this one. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Before we get to uh, that content, a quick word from the sponsor of this podcast, which is the Up and Up community. It is a community that I just launched with my friend, Anthony Natoli. Um, it is a private sales community that's helping you all get not only crush your sales goals and your career goals, but also trying to stay fulfilled and mentally healthy and become a better person in the process, which is easier said than done. So if that's interesting to you, head over to patreon.com slash up and up or hit me up on LinkedIn. My name's Tom Alemo, and uh, the link will be there in my the featured section of my profile, or uh, you could DM me with any questions. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with the one and only Hannah Morris. Let's go. All right, now coming at us from across the pond uh, in the middle of a dog-sitting excursion, Hannah Morris. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for uh, having excited. me. Excited. Yeah, excited to have you here. And um We'll just pre-warn any of the audience members that 10 to 20 minutes in, we, we may get a dog attack. There may be some visuals coming on YouTube of, of dogs jumping on your lap or your head or whatever, but we're just going <laughs> to roll the, the camera. Yeah. As I said, currently they are sleeping and uh, they look very angelic, but um, yeah, if there are, yeah, there's multiple things that could set them off and, and they will be barking and uh, they might jump on the, on the, on the table and, yeah, at the camera. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll roll with it. Um, I, I just moved into Chicago with one of my buddies who has a puppy and I don't think I've seen it sleep yet. He, he's oh, the wow. most, uh, energetic dog that's just racing around at all hours. So I've got myself locked away, uh, from him for this, but, uh, I, I hear you on like things can change at a moment's notice. Yeah. And this is the thing. It's the beauty. You know, there's obviously pros and cons of having open space living. And at the moment, it's it's OK when they're quiet. But when they when they're like awake and they want to they might hear your voice because obviously the earphones weren't working. So they might hear your voice and want to come and say hello. And that's when it'll all it'll all kick off. There's not a separate room for me to go into. But yeah, it's all fun and games. But that's sweet. You guys have got a puppy. That's fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's been good. That's been a good uh a good thing. I've never lived with a dog before. So this huh. is my first foray into taking him out and feeding him and going to the dog park. It's been a blast. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm a huge dog lover, so I'm a big, big fan. Like I think you'll have, yeah, you'll have a great time there. They're good companions and they're just, yeah, they're so loving. So yeah, that'd be fun for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so 
I'm excited to get into a lot of things with you uh, on, on the pod here. I'd love to just start off with like how you got into sales. It looks like, you know, from some LinkedIn stalking that that maybe wasn't your first for like your first job coming out of school. I don't, I don't know, just based on titles, it looked like maybe you didn't get to business development to like Groupon. So I'd love to just hear like coming out of university, where was your head at? And what was like the first job coming out of school? Yeah. And so I suppose it depends, um, depends what your class of sales, right? Um, okay. but, but you, you're right. The, um, yeah, I did do business development at, at Groupon. Um, when I was at university, I studied um, biology and my actual, my aim was to go into medical sales. That was my objective. Um, and yeah, I just kind of, I don't know, as, as things happen in life, opportunities arise and you go down different paths. Um, and yeah, I was managing a singer for a little while um, and doing that and then went into like events promotion, which really promotions is, is it is selling um yeah. so I did that and then I did uh I decided right I'd like to work in the city and have a more like structured nine to five type job uh so I went into recruitment um for a little while that definitely was not my bag um but I learned <laughs> some incredible lessons from it um and yeah then I went into in, into Groupon but all of that is sales, really. This is the thing. I think sales sales underpins so many different lines of work. Um, and it's not until I kind of progressed through my career that I've joined the dots on, on how they all link together. Um, but yeah, so then went to Groupon um, and was a salesperson there. Um, figured out that new business was really my that's my my thing. That's my vibe where I, uh, you know, had a, a great amount of success. And then went to um, into selling like SaaS, like ticketing sales. Um, yeah, ticketing sales, uh, selling software rather. And that's when, yeah, I then would pro I progressed into like leadership during that role yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, that's where it began. I've, I've got a few things that we got to dive into before we get to the, the software part of your career. So um, you studied biology with the thought that you wanted to get into medical sales. To me, that feels like so few people, like I had friends that were biology majors and they all wanted to be, you know, doctors or do research or whatever it might be. Um, so where, where did that idea come from? Are like your parents in sales or that was like guided to you by a mentor or, or how did that come to be? Do you know what? That is a really, really good question. I'm glad you picked up on that. Right. So, um, when you progress through school, you, well, I found anyway, when you go to uni, you just choose whatever you're good at or what you, you're kind of interested in. You mm -hmm. don't always have this full career kind of mapped out, but um, I was good at biology. So that's why I chose to do it. Um, I actually had always um, done lots of different sales. Uh, I knew I was good at sales from a young age, even working in a restaurant. I used to upsell lots of things. Um, I used to always uh, be the highest, you know, it, with tips and things like that. And um, outside of uni, I did lots of uh, extra little jobs, like different sales jobs, different promotional jobs. So I knew that actually I had a natural, um, I don't know, natural flair for it. You might have also, I don't know if you saw the post that... Um, I sold tickets to my 18th birthday party. This was my, this is how I funded my 18th <laughs> birthday party, which I know is so bizarre. At the time, I didn't see it as bizarre at all. But now looking back quite a few years later, I'm like, gosh, that, that is a tad bizarre. But in my mind, I was like, well, I want to have this party. 
I can't, how am I going to fund it? I don't really want to ask my parents for it, for the money. Um, so I decided to sell tickets for it. So what was the party? What was the party? Did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Like what was, what was so extravagant that you needed to sell tickets for? I know, right? Why? I wasn't thinking small, was I? Um, no, I decided to, uh, I hired a football stadium and I had uh, fireworks on the ground. I had DJs. I uh, decorated it all. I had like uh, beautiful tables and like lanterns on the tables and, and balloons. Damn. So yeah, I just decided obviously at 17, I was like, it's my 18th birthday. I want to have a great party. And I was like, wow, how am I going to afford this? And then I thought, Do you know what? I'm going to make such an incredible party that people really want to come and I'm sure they would want to you know buy a ticket for it um and yeah so basically I I sold uh, I sold out of tickets I made enough money to fund the party and made a profit as well and um and yeah I think even like looking back on it like yeah I think it's um I need to speak to my parents about it and find out what they were thinking at the time but at the time I just thought it was so normal it was like well yeah I want to have the party so I need to raise the money let's make it happen so long story short I've always had that kind of like sales aspect to me um and then when I was at uni and I started studying biology somebody in passing mentioned to me that their friend was in medical sales and they just spoke about how great it was and I thought yeah brilliant I'll do that that's what I'm gonna do yeah that's it right and it yeah. wasn't like a huge amount of thought that went into it it was just okay you can do sales mixed with biology they, they will do it then that's that's what I'll do and I didn't really want to go into pharmaceutical sales I wanted to do operational procedures that was my mm-hmm. thing I was like oh that's really interesting it's going to help the world so oper- operational procedures but anyway I didn't end up there but that was my plan you know yeah that was yeah interesting and then how do you get into managing a singer you just kind of skimmed over that we're not going to let you skim over that I know again <laughs> a tad bizarre but this is the thing opportunities arise themselves arise in life and I think sometimes you either you just got to grasp them and give things a go and so as I said I was living in LA for a little while and whilst I was living there um I just got introduced to lots of different um incredible circles of you know people and 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 musicians and artists and things and then when I came back to London um I yeah I met a, a singer and and they asked if I would be part of their management team and 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 yeah get them gigs and I was like wow I've never done that before but I'll give it a go so I gave it a go and I had a really good time and we we um yeah we had good fun for maybe like a year I think I did that and then I realized there's not a huge amount of money in management in in artist management until they make it big because you're having 20% of whatever they're making and 20% of nothing is nothing (laughs) yeah yeah. so actually for a while I was like this is great fun and everything's all expenses paid but not really making huge amount of profit here so then I was like oh let's go into promotions and promoting events and that's where there's better money so I did that that was how that went yeah I I love how you know you seem to just kind of follow where the opportunities are like it's not it's not overly like rigid you know you go from there to, you know, different spots end up in software, end up in, you know, like ticket software with Eventbrite or event software, I guess you might call it, which ties back to the music roots that you had in a lot of ways. And um, it just feels like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like, you know, when people are early in their career, they're like, how's this all going to play out? You know, how am I going to get to this, you know, where I want to be a CEO or want to be a, 
big sales leader, or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and you just never know the path is so much more winding than it, than it might appear to be. And you just kind of take opportunities as they come. Yeah, exactly that. And look, don't get me wrong. I've always got aspirations and I do have, um, I do have goals and things, but at the same time, you're right. I'm not rigid. I'm very fluid with it. And when opportunities arise, you've got to, you know, you've got to grab them and give it a go um, and not be too, too sort of set on, 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 on one path, which means you are missing brilliant opportunities. Because uh, it's also not just about making the right decisions, it's about making your decisions right. So whatever you do, just mm. going all in on it and learning from it and exploring from that, you know, and, and I'm also a big believer in like following your passions and things that you enjoy. And the more variety of experiences you have in every area of life, actually, as well as your career, the, the more you're learning and the more you're growing. And if you do the same job or the same thing, same environment over and over again, you're limiting your, um, your learning curve and your growth curve. Does that make sense? So yeah. I've tried to be as diverse as possible because then it's giving me such a breadth of knowledge that I can call upon and experience that I can share with other people, if that makes sense. Yeah, the, what did you just, you said, uh, it's not about making the right decision about making the decision, right? Which I had to repeat because I love that. I don't know if you came up with that or you took that from someone else, but that's a great quote. And um, I'd love to hear like, how do you view risk or how do you view, you know, because when you dive into a new industry or new job, or, you know, we'll get to starting your own company in a minute. Um, there's a lot of potential upside and opportunity for experience or financially, but there's also some risk there in trying something new. So how do you view that? Hmm. Really, really great question. And when you say risk, do you mean like failure? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, is an interesting one. So years ago, I said to one of one of my directors, I said to him um, that I don't fear failure. And he said to me, no, he said, the thing is with you, Hannah, it's not that you don't fear failure. It's that failure doesn't even enter your mind. Mm. And I sat there and thought, actually, do you know what? You're right. In some instances, it doesn't. And don't get me wrong, as you, that was years ago. And as you grow and, and the stakes get higher, the risks get bigger, you're very aware that some things might not work out. Um, but what he touched upon there, and I've reflected on it so much, is that there is an opportunity in, in everything, whether things go to plan or not to plan, or whether things work out um you know are a success or a failure actually you can you win or you learn basically so in my mind I don't really see things as a failure because a failure is like is the end it's like quite final right mm. um so even yeah like setting up with my business I remember um saying to somebody like you know maybe I'm going to fall flat on my face but even if I do, I'm going to learn something and that will push me on to my next thing. And I think really embracing that process, embracing um, the, you know, at the end of the day, what is the worst that can happen? What is the worst, you know, and, and, and really thinking about that and, and embracing the learning curve, because actually when you push yourselves out of your comfort zone and you push yourself into um, environments that are unfamiliar, you are going to have setbacks and challenges as part of it. 
but then you're going to grow faster. So um, I've always, always really embraced that. And um, it makes you feel alive. It makes you grow. Um, and I think making that your best friend, like risk, adversity, failure, setbacks, making that your best friend is a really, really great um, thing to help you just progress in whatever field you're in, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, I love that. So when you're faced with a, you know, a new opportunity, do you, is it kind of just a gut feeling where you're like, you know, I'm getting kind of complacent where I am, or, you know, this has potential to be big or fun or interesting. And, you know, it just feels right in my gut and I'm going to do it. Or do you put like, you seem more of like that type versus like overly analyzing a pros and cons list. Yeah. So I'd say I'm a bit of both. Right. Yeah. So early on in my career, um, I probably went with my gut. I was like, oh, this is fun or this is interesting or yeah, I'm going to give this a go. Um, then um, quite a few years ago, I decided I, I sat down and I, I have a coach who kind of guides me, mentors me like throughout my career. And he, mm -hmm. he said, Hannah, you need to decide what is it that you ultimately want to do or want to be or want to have. Right. And I was like, well, I want to own my own business. Right. This is this is this was my goal. And then he said, right. So because I came to him and I was, I was, I had like three different job offers on the table and I was trying to decide which one to take. And he said, what is your end goal? And I said, I would like to have my own, my own business. I didn't know what it was going to be at that point. And he said, so every decision that you make now is to lead you to that point. So mm -hmm. the logic was like, right, what am I going to learn from this job or this role from this project that's going to set me up for entrepreneurship? So yeah. I would, that logic always went into it. But then also I would go with my gut of actually which business do I, am I passionate about? Which leader inspires me? So it's a combination of the two, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, so I'd love to get into the entrepreneurship lens. There's a lot of folks that listen to the podcast. I think a lot of salespeople naturally are entrepreneurial and you know have yeah. those tendencies. So I'd love to hear like, what was the tipping point for you from, you know, being head of sales, sales leader at multiple companies, super successful, you could have, you know, ridden that train to, you know, just continue to be a VP of sales or CRO or whatever at, at top companies. Um, and then, you know, taking the, the risk and taking the chance to go start your own shop about two years ago, what was the tipping point? Mm, see, even that, again, it's taking the risk to go into entrepreneurship. And that's how a lot of people see it. But actually, I almost see the risk in staying in the corporate world and not fulfilling my true passion and, and my true interest and mission. I almost see that as more risky. Do you see, it's all Ooh. about perspective, isn't it? It's yeah. all about perspective. And also people say, oh, yeah, but the security of working in a corporate, you've got all the security. Now, let me be honest, it's a false sense of security because actually you are at the you know you are at the mercy of their business changes um th there's so many things that actually you know are out of your control which means that you're it's a, sometimes a false sense of security whereas actually with entrepreneurship you've got so much more control over everything um and actually i see that as less risky mm -hmm. so again it's, it's just perspective right but how did i end up here brilliant question um because in all honesty, if we hadn't have had the pandemic, actually, potentially, I could have probably been 
in the same spot that I was in. I knew that entrepreneurship was my ultimate goal, but um, it's always like, when's the right time? When are you going to do it? So I, during the pandemic, I was working for um, a company that I absolutely loved. I loved the product, loved my team, uh, really, really was enjoying the role and, and, and the project that I was in. And I was made redundant because of the pandemic. Um, so it was very much thrust upon me and, you know, you know, pretty much, over the over the space of like a month it was like right one minute you're this is your job and the next minute it's like actually you, you don't have this job anymore whole layer of management globally was removed so I was faced with it with with um an opportunity there you go some yeah. people might be like ah this is like stressful and I was like okay this is an opportunity here and I either can go down the same path of what I'm I'm on as you say can go and be another lead another sales team or you know work in a commercial environment in-house or I can take this opportunity now to use all of the knowledge and skills that I've gained throughout my career to start my own business and 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 help people that I'm passionate about and help a mission that I'm passionate about which is creating more trailblazing female role models in business. Mm. And so I thought, well, that sounds great fun. I'm going to do that. I'm going to give it a go. And that was it. I just decided to give it a go. And even when I was in my redundancy consultation period of a month, one of my directors said to me like, gosh, what are you going to do? Like he seemed quite stressed out about it. And I said, I'm going to set up my own business now. And and he was like, wow, what's it going to be? And at that point, I didn't know. And I said, I'm not sure. But I know I'm going to, I'm just going to set up my own business now. That's my plan. And then I went into the process of figuring it out, thinking like, right, you know, really, what is it that I'm passionate about? Um, and how, how am I going to, yeah, bring this together? Um, so, yeah, that was the process that I, I went on. And, and that's why I am here now. What's, I, I love that. What's, what's step one? Like you come to, you come up with the idea, right? I want to help, you know, more trailblazing, you know, females in business, um, and support them and, and help them grow. Like where, where does one even start? That's such a massive, you know, undertaking and, and goal. Yeah. Um, yeah, good question. And so I began with, yeah, what's important to me and, and what, what excites me. And, and I've always been very like service led and, and, and sort of, um, mission led in everything Mm -hmm. every job and everything that I've done and I knew that I wanted to continue helping people because actually that's what sales is is helping people is serving people that's what leadership is helping people serving people so I knew I had to bring that in now I figured out my why and 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 what was the cause I wanted to support the first thing idea that I've specced out um is actually software so I thought, right, I'm going to design this piece of software to help these people. Um, I then realized, because obviously we're in the pandemic, and I thought, well, this is going to be really expensive to fund. Uh, it's going to be a slow route to market. Um, so I thought, right, I need to do something in the meantime, which is a faster route to market um, and getting money you know, in quicker. So then I thought, right, let's, let's do coaching and consultancy. Um, and initially you might laugh at this cause I, I laugh at myself initially, my plan that I'd set out was right. I'm going to do business coaching. I'm going to do just business coaching and I'm going to help with all the, um, cause obviously I've led sales teams, but also, um, 
you know, when you're a commercial director or when in one role I was like um, acting general manager. So I was doing lots of like business admin, business plans, um, lots of different structures for businesses. So initially I thought, oh, all these entrepreneurs, I'm going to help them with, um, with business processes, structures, strategies. Then when I was getting ready to take it to market, I thought, I'm really excited to sell it. And then it yep. hit me, it had my light bulb moment. I'm excited to sell it because I know how to sell. And then I thought, oh my goodness, Hannah, why have you built a whole, a whole coaching program of just business coaching? And why haven't you put any sales in it? And then I was like, right. oh, that was my real light bulb moment. And then I incorporated the sales elements and modules and tested it out. And it just, that people were getting, grasping it really, really quickly and getting phenomenal results really fast. So I then just carried on with that. Um, yeah. So when you start working with founders and I imagine they're probably in all different industries and they're probably, I imagine probably like product experts in whatever it is that, that the company does, if it's software or it's a, you know, packaged good or whatever it might be. Um, what are the challenges that they typically face? Is it that they're afraid to sell or that they kind of see it as like, you know, they have a negative stigma towards it or um, they just, you know, just start talking and don't ask questions. Like how, what are usually like the issues that, you know, founders typically have? All of that. Absolutely yeah. all of that. So, um, so I'm quite specific with who I help. So I work with um, creative female founders. So um, graphic designers, branding consultants, um, events, businesses, luxury travel businesses, um, and social media um, agencies, those types of things. So they mm -hmm. are like the creative soul and I'm the commercial mind. And together it's like, it's like two pieces of a jigsaw puzzle, basically. Um, yeah. So you're right. A lot of them are fearful of selling. Um, they have this impression of selling as like secondhand car salesmen or, um, you know, that really old fashioned like type of selling where they just feel the word they always use is like icky. They're like, oh, it's really like icky and embarrassing and cringe. And so they have that, but they also, they just don't know how to do it. So you fear things that you don't know how to do, right? Exactly yeah. how I was excited to go and sell what I was doing because I knew how to do it. I knew the steps and the process. Um, so those are, uh, yeah, some of the big challenges. They don't know how to do it. Um, they um, are just fearful of it, their perspective on it. So the first thing that I always help people um, do is see that selling is serving, right? Mm -hmm. Now I work with um, service-based businesses. So they're having consultative conversations with their clients and I help them understand that they are there to serve their clients. They're there to help people. And actually if they don't show up and communicate what they're doing to people, then they're doing their clients a disservice mm -hmm. because surely their business exists because they think it's worthy and worthwhile and doing something good for people, right? Because they've set it up. And like, if you don't right. think it's something good that people need, then why does it even exist? So if they've gone to the point of they set, set up a business and it's helping people, then you need to remember you're there serving people. And that's why we need to share what we do with other people. So once people have that kind of mindset shift, they're a bit like, oh yeah, I'm doing them a disservice if I don't share and help them, then they kind of already start to want to share it more and they feel more comfortable in sharing what they're doing and, and using their voice. And then it yeah. starts to again, change the game because if you feel comfortable 
and confident and authentic, then the dynamics of all of the conversations change from that point onwards. And then, yeah, it's about the structures of how to have the conversations, the skills of how to, um, you know, deliver information, how to negotiate, um, all of those types of things. Yeah. I, it's interesting you say that because I feel, I mean, I think we all, anyone in sales knows how important it is to believe in the product or the service that you're selling. And for me, I've always sold what I think is the best product in, in any given market. And it makes me feel confident. But as I've tried to turn what I'm doing here with podcasting and, you know, try to get sponsorships or to try to, you know, do some consulting or like things where I'm selling myself, um, I am a lot less confident, honestly. I, uh, that I've had that mental block of like, man, this just feels like a lot harder than selling, you know, gong or selling whatever else I was selling before. Um, did you ever struggle with that? Or did you, have you always kind of seen the light of, well, I, I believe in myself. And if I think that I'm going to help them, then, you know, like you said, it's a disservice to not put that forward. Yeah. And yeah, that's, um, that's a really good point. And it's, it's a common one. Majority of all of the founders that I coach, they, they struggle, yeah, with selling themselves and, and, and with bringing that forward. Um, I haven't struggled with that at all, actually. I know that for a very long time, I've been paid in-house, very high salaries to um, help these businesses make money. Yeah. I know that what I'm helping these ladies with now in their businesses, and I'll be honest, I do help some men as well. I know my mission is to help creative female founders, but I do also coach some men. It's the same, the same process. Um, but I know that what I've got is really valuable to them. And I know that it's so helpful and I know that it's helpful for them on a local level, but it's also helpful to society and us having more female role models in business. It helps everybody. And I know mm -hmm. that, I know that it's a good thing. Um, I know that what I do works and it makes me happy. It makes them happy. So I've, yeah, not been, I've not really had um, a lack of confidence in it. Um, I hope that doesn't come across as arrogant, but. Um, no, no yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's just like, that's your natural tendency. And I think there's a lot that, um, you know, I could learn from that. And a lot of folks, like, like you said, they, their skill set that you're working with them is their graphic design or whatever it might be is, is that trade. And it's not the sales piece. And so I think I definitely agree. It's, it's a totally a mindset shift of, you know, understanding the value that you're bringing and yeah. knowing that if, if you don't actually believe it's genuinely helping people, then you shouldn't start that business or you shouldn't, if you're just a salesperson, you shouldn't work at that company. You should go find something that you're truly, if not passionate about, at least know that it's helping people and can believe in and, and feel strongly about. Yeah, totally. And it's like feeding into your values. Like what are your values? What's important to you? And it's, is it something that's feeding into that? Um, mm -hmm. And then if it, if it does, then it sits, it sits better with you. But I, I just want to say as well that, I never go around thinking that I know everything because I don't. And um, I'm always really open and really honest about that in entrepreneurship, in leadership, in sales. And I've always held my hands up and said, I don't know everything. And I'm okay with that. I'm constantly learning, evolving, growing. But what I do know is really, really valuable to people. And I really, you know, kind of, I celebrate that and I commend myself you know, on that, but I'm also forgiving in, in knowing that I don't know everything. And I think that, mm -hmm. um, honesty with, um, 
with other people, but mainly with yourself, actually ignites this level of confidence that you're not trying to hide anything. You know, it's yeah. that level of confidence in that actually I'm at peace with the fact that I'm a work in progress. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And that's okay. That's yeah. exciting. It's fun. Um, yeah. And I think that's what really gives you a level of confidence to really embrace who you are and strive forwards is just being open and honest about, yes, your strengths and celebrating them, but also being at peace with your weaknesses or your development areas or the areas that you're not great at um, and not allowing that to, um, you know, drag you backwards, actually just let it propel you forwards. Yeah. Amen. I love that. I love that mentality. Um, <laughs> um, I'd love to transition to some rapid fire questions. Let the audience know a little bit more about you if you're cool with that. Well, well, bring it on. Let's see. What okay. Um, all right. So first up, we're big learners on this podcast. I'm not sure if you are a book person or not. If you are, I'd love to hear um, any books that have helped you, you know, as a person with your career, whatever it may be, any genre is fair game, but curious if anything stands out. Mm, okay. So uh, I'm going to pick top three. Um, okay. In answer to your question, yes, I am a reader. Well, actually, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I find you can get through more and faster by listening to them. Uh, top three, I would say, uh, for entrepreneurship, it's got to be uh, The E-Myth Revisited. It's mm -hmm. a book that's about why most small businesses don't work and what to do about it. That one's really important. That was a good one. Um, I love Simon Sinek. Huge fan of him. Yeah. Start with the why. That literally underpins everything that I do. Um, the why of my business, I'm mission led, uh, but also in every coaching session that I do, we always begin with like, why are we doing this? Why is it important? So yep. that one, I would say, no matter what role you're in, that's super important. Um, and then the third one, I would say, let's pick a sales one now. And I would probably say, do you know what I'm going to go with is the challenger sale. Mm. Have you read that one? I, that was the first book at the first uh, company I went to sell at. That was like, you had to read that in um, like the onboarding. Um, that was great. Mm. Yeah. And that's what I had when I went into, uh, yeah, the software sales, actually, they, they, yeah. it was the same in our onboarding. We had to do it. So yeah, I'd say that would be, that would be my third one. I think understanding uh, if you're, especially if you're in consultative selling, that book is, has got some really, really helpful things for self-awareness, but also awareness of what works. Um, mm. So I recommend that one. Those are my top three. Love it. Um, how about uh, podcasts or blogs or newsletters or YouTube, however else you like to learn any other favorite, you know, channels or things you listen to or read? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to go with the top three again. It's my theme I love it. now. Yeah. Um, so it's got to be, uh, I'm really, really into Diary of a CEO at the moment with Stephen Bartlett. Loving Ooh, that. I, I don't know that. Brilliant. Well, you definitely want to um, check that one out. <laughs> again, whether you're in entrepreneurship or not, it's just, um, it's a fab podcast. So yeah, Diary of a CEO, that one. Um, the second one I'm really, really loving is um, Conversations of Inspiration. And that's by Holly Tucker. And she founded Not on the High Street. And she interviews, again, business owners, um, lots of creative business owners. So that one's quite good. My third one, ooh, it's a tricky one, this. I'm going to have to go with my number one guy who I admire so much. And I've taken so much inspiration from him. It's got to be 
Although I do like Simon Sinek, it's actually got to be Tony Robbins. The Tony Robbins oh, podcast is now my you're third speaking one. my language. Look, big fan. Yeah. He's you ever been to one of his events? Indeed, I have. Well, virtually, okay. sadly, not in person, but I've done UPW for the past two years running. Yeah. So amazing. Have I you? went to one. Yeah, I went to a UPW uh, in person. It's probably like 2017 or 18. It was, wow. I mean, it was amazing. I'm overdue for another one, I think. I mean, it was yeah. so good. Yeah, they're so brilliant, aren't they? And I think, especially for me now, obviously it helps me unlock the potential within myself, but I'm learning the strategies, the techniques to help unlock potential in other people. So for me, it's just, it's phenomenally like rewarding. And the mm -hmm. stuff that he teaches really, really works. So um, yeah, big fan of Tony, Tony Robbins and his podcast is brilliant as well. And I love how he comes from so many different angles about so many different topics. So, um, very, very smart and knowledgeable guy. Absolutely. Um, what goes on in the headphones music wise, Hannah? Ooh, in the headphones. Um, so I love a bit of, um, old school R and B and hip hop, big destiny's child fan. Okay. Love a bit of Beyonce. Yeah. Um, who doesn't? what else? Yeah, what else do I like? Um, I like a bit of rudimental. Don't if you know rudimental. Yeah, um, I don't. But I can check them out. Yeah, check out rudimental. Love them. Um, what else? Yeah, just a real variety, really. I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I'm like thinking, what else? What else are my other favorite ones? Those are probably the key ones. Love it. Yeah. Um, what are some things that you like to do outside of work that help you recharge? Ooh. What do I like to do outside of work that help me recharge? Um, running yep. is probably number one. Um, big fan of running uh, in the mornings to set you up for, for your day. It helps with creativity, helps clear your head. Yeah, it helps you uh, with energy levels. Um, and outside, I love running outside in nature, not in the gym, Agreed. not on a treadmill. You know, nice bit of normal, you know, like grass under your feet. Um, love that. Um, big family person. Love spending time with the family, with the dogs. How phenomenally <laughs> wonderful the dogs have been. So silent. The dogs and deserve some credit. I mean, they've been on their best behavior for this podcast. Tell you what, they really have. Yesterday, they were not on their best behavior, but today they're, they're doing me proud. So yeah, that <laughs> one's, uh, that's really, uh, really good for me to kind of recharge. And then traveling, like I love traveling. I love seeing the world. I love different cuisines. I love adventure. So I try and incorporate that in, uh, in my work as well as like outside of my work. Like I've tried and work remotely now all around the world, um, which is a beauty of having this flexible working new era. So, uh, so yeah, those are probably my main things that I do. I love it. Uh, give me a, give me a top travel destination. Hmm. Top travel destination. Yeah. It like depends. I need, a, I need some, I need a, I need a, uh, I need a tip, you know, like, but it depends what you like. Right. So for okay. some people, their top travel destination might be skiing in the Alps somewhere. Somebody yeah. else, it might be on a beach in Asia. Somebody else, it might be swinging in a jungle. So Fair. what's your key things that you like from a holiday? What's important to you? Well, let's stick to you. How about what, what you like your favorite one that you've been on? My favorite one. Um, so where do I love? It's probably going to be Asia. Um, mm -hmm. Do you know where I loved was the Philippines? Mm. 
the Philippines was stunning. Um, and because it's not as commercial, like I just, I went to Thailand last year and worked from there for a bit, which was, which was beautiful. But the Philippines is slightly less um, commercialized. It's, it's more pure and untouched and it's not had too many tourists. So the scenery and the, uh, the environment is still, um, yeah, just not as damaged basically. Um, and the food was brilliant. The people are amazing. Just a real good adventure. Um, yeah, so that I'd say the Philippines is brilliant. If you like things a little bit more commercial, um, then yeah, Thailand and Bali are also beautiful as well. Yeah, I've been to Thailand. Thailand was was great, but Philippines is on my list. So I will uh, I'll mark that one down. Um, my last one for you, who mm -hmm. is someone that you want to come see on the Millennial Sales Podcast? But you have to help me get them on. That's the caveat to the question. Brilliant. Who do I want? I mean, look, obviously, Tony Robbins would be phenomenal. You have I a hookup mean, to Tony? I mean, come on. No, I don't. I'm not going to lie. But do you know what? Last year, this is quite funny. You just made me remember something. So last year when I was setting up my business, I I thought, oh, do you know what? I've really been really inspired by Simon Sinek and um, lots of what I'm doing. I've got lots of his theory in my plans and what I do. So actually, I was I was trying to reach out to him to have a virtual coffee with him. And I messaged him on LinkedIn multiple times and asked if he'd have a virtual coffee. I kind of laugh at myself now because I'm like, well, He's probably not going to say yes, but this is my <laughs> mentality is you ask, you ask, right. and you give it a try. What's the worst that can happen? They ignore you. Um, and, um, and yeah, so who would I like to see on the podcast? I mean, either of those two would be brilliant, but we're aiming super high. Not that it's not achievable. We could yeah. try. We could definitely try. I mean, trust me, I've been trying for years for both of them. Have At you? one point <clears throat> I almost got Simon Sinek on because a woman that I had on was like, his mentee and then she introduced me to this other guy who's like his like other mentee and then i had him on and then it just never worked that was a couple of years ago and it just kind of flamed out so we got close tony has been untouchable but we could go for one of those two do you know what tony's really busy at the moment he's a, he's yeah. got a lot going on i'm not saying that simon isn't but i feel like simon might have slightly more capacity so maybe we could teamwork we could yeah. work on that and we need to okay. figure out um obviously we can talk tactics off air but we need to figure out why it would be beneficial to him right. um whereas tony he does a lot of service he does a lot of things he's just had another baby he's yeah. super busy he's but i think simon is we've got a higher probability of getting him between the two of us so let's we'll figure out a strategy other than that i'm not really too sure to be honest um Oh, oh God. How have I not even mentioned her? My, my, she's, I, I obviously really, really like Tony, but I've got another person who I admire so much and I've taken a huge amount of inspiration from her is Sarah Blakely. I knew you were going to say that. So we're, when we were talking like 20 minutes ago, I have a good friend uh, of mine. She works at Gong and she sent me a post from Sarah Blakely yesterday. And I've been following Sarah for the last few years. Like heard her on podcasts. Like, I mean, she's top. 10 most inspiring people probably that I've ever come across. Yeah. And so we had like a little chat about her. And then as you were talking about like the way that you go about, you know, quote unquote risks and kind of your mentality, I'm like, I'm picking up Sarah Blakely vibes. Like my friend, shout out to Miriam is going to love this podcast. That's what I was thinking about 20 minutes ago. So I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Do you know what that I really, um, yeah, I really take that as a huge compliment, actually, that, that there's yeah, similarities there for sure. But look, I, I follow her a lot. I actually did reach out to her as well and ask her to be, to be my mentor. Um, but this is the thing, aim high, right? 
every now yeah. and again somebody one of them comes through and they're like all right I'll give you a chance kind of thing um but I'm gonna follow up with her again and see if she'll have a chat with me but yeah I'd love her to be on this podcast that would be brilliant um again she's a very busy lady but she's always got time to give back and that's what I really like about Sarah so yeah you know. okay all right we're shooting high I appreciate that um Hannah this has been a blast uh before I let you go want to give you the opportunity to talk about you know, what else is going on um, for you where folks can reach out to you, connect with you, anything else we didn't touch on that you wanted to mention? The floor is yours. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, it'd be great to connect with, um, yeah, everyone on LinkedIn um, for sure. Obviously, uh, I imagine well, it's just Hannah Morris. Um, hopefully they can find me from that. Uh, the business that I've got now is called Hannah Morris Consulting. Uh, but the coaching brand um, is Let's Trailblaze. So as I said before, the mission is to create more trailblazing female role models in business around the world. Um, so love to connect with people who, um, I don't know, are in, are in sales and want to, um, you know, um, progress in sales. Um, but equally entrepreneurs who um, sales isn't their you know, isn't their sort of uh, their background and, and they'd love to um, to get good at it and, and to enjoy it as well. It's not just about people getting good at it. It's about them learning to enjoy it and actually not seeing it as a chore anymore, really embracing it. Um, but yeah, obviously um, I kind of focus on coaching creative female founders. That's, that's my thing. Uh, but I also do workshops for corporate companies, um, you know, um, yeah, sales workshops, leadership workshops. Uh, so yeah, you can check out our website, hannahmorrisconsulting.com. Uh, all the information is on there. Um, but yeah, I also just love connecting with people that um, are like-minded and who are service-led. Even people that are doing a similar thing to me. I love connecting with people in the same space and collaborating. Mm -hmm. And if I can help anybody in any way, like I'm always open to, you know, people asking me questions or asking for my support. So, um, so yeah, I'm kind of open to that as well. But if anyone is interested in coaching, if anyone's listening that thinks actually I'd really like to explore some coaching, the best way would be to book a discovery call, um, either through the website or just direct message me on, on LinkedIn. Um, and also Instagram. I share a lot more on Instagram at the moment than I have, have been doing on LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. our Instagram is Let's Trailblaze. Um, so yeah, maybe come on over there as well and, and follow there. And um, yeah, our kind of mission for the business for this year is to help more people and or the objectives rather for this year, 2022, is help more people and add more value to our existing tribe, our existing clients. So mm -hmm. part of that is to share more knowledge, more content, uh, go on more podcasts, share share you know share experience um so yeah anybody that follows um our social channels from now on in the next kind of like month they're going to see a lot more coming out so um so yeah it's a good time to to come on by love it hannah thanks so much for coming on this is great oh thank you very much for having me really enjoyed myself actually really enjoyed it thank you yeah thank you